On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. Leaving out the avocado in your salad to save money is not good for morale or your fiber intake. Luckily, State Farm knows the value of the little things. It's why they've got options, like insuring your home and ride with surprisingly great rates on both. Because you shouldn't have to give up what you love for great insurance. For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports branding perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith, Andrew McInnes, and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. It is Wednesday, May 18th. Ian Cameron will have uh, Alex B. Smith and Andrew McGinnis with us momentarily. Jimmy is Murphy as well. He's finishing an article. He's obviously been very busy covering the Bruins and the Hurricanes in the first round. Boston Bruins now eliminated, so he's putting the finishing touches from a writing standpoint, covering the Bruins, putting an end to their season. Probably he's putting a nice little summary together of the Bruins season, what it was, and what's to come in the offseason, and lots of questions. Patrice Bergeron, is he going to play hockey again? That's a big question, uh, and uh, lots to uh, answer. But Jimmy will be with us again momentarily as well. And we're once again, the list of special guests keeps on rolling here. We've had a, a, really some incredible guests. I mean, Bobby Ryan, Derek Roy, we've had Ray Bryce, we've had uh, just a, you know, Brett McLean, Danny Ehrman, it goes on and on and on. We've had great guests throughout the uh, weeks, and Andrew Gordon, I mean, it goes, uh, Brian Johnston, I mean, I could go on and on. We've had incredible guests, uh, Aaron Volpatti yesterday, Matt Carey on Monday did a terrific job, and we have another guest joining us today for the first time on the Ice Guys, former pro hockey player. Very pleased to welcome Luke Olivier Blanc here to the uh, Ice Guys show with us. Uh, Luke, uh, great to have you. How are you? Thanks, Ian. I'm, I'm good. That was per- that's perfect. Luke Olivier, that was well said, too. Um, I'm really Thank excited. Thanks, thanks, thanks for having me on. Um, uh, the list is really incredible, so hopefully I'm up, uh, up to the challenge, but uh, I'm, I'm really excited to have me uh, to be on, so thanks for having me on, man. Let's get it going. Absolutely. And I know when uh, you, you uh, wanted to join the show, you were excited to talk hockey and uh, you love hockey. You love talking about hockey. So I'm sure you're going to have a lot of great insights and analysis when we get to uh, breaking down the games. But first things first, as we always do, someone joining us for the first time. Tell us about the journey, the hockey journey uh, of Luke Olivier Blanc. I mean, tell us about uh, basically how you uh, progressed, where you've been, where you've played throughout the uh, years. So um, I pretty much started in, uh, I'm from the South Shore, Montreal, originally, uh, played my minor hockey all the way uh, here in Montreal until I got to junior where I was drafted and played for the Shikudemi Sagnians in the QMJHL. Um, after that, uh, on my overage year, 20 year old, I um, just wanted to change the scenery, ended up in the BCHL and Nanaimo Clippers, which was um, really a... Uh, discovery for me the 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 league the city um, really changed my career that's where I got it going really um, got confidence in myself a little bit more um, after that I went to the University of Ottawa in the CIS I think it's called the U Sports now uh, played three years there was captain my last year and then um, I could have stayed to graduate it to graduate but I got offers in Europe to play I didn't know what I wanted to do at that point so um, in the off season there, I went to Australia actually to play in the semi pro league over there, where the seasons are uh, reversed. So I played over there, went straight there to France, where I played um, a couple years, and then after my second year in France, I got a call from Colin Chalk, uh, which is a coach, uh, assistant coach in Baker uh, for AHL team Bakersfield now. Really changed my career. Uh, just offered me to to play with the new team. Uh, called the Brenton Beast in the East Coast Hockey League that were affiliated with the Montreal Canadiens. 
Um, my brother was going to play there. Um, me and my brother are three, two years, two years apart, so wanted to play with them. He was drafted, didn't know where he would end up, so I, I decided to sign and take up on the challenge. So played my first pro uh, pro game in North America there, and uh, got called up that year in the AHL for the Fog Devils. Back then, they were in St. John. Um, my second year stayed in Brampton and call up. My third year, I did get a call up after Christmas in Laval, which was pretty incredible for myself and my family because uh, it was pretty much in my backyard, a new team, new building, uh, playing for my hometown, well, my hometown team, which I still cherish to this day. So I was pretty, pretty fun to spend pretty much a whole uh, after Christmas there. Um, after that, I signed uh, back to France where my team, where I started in France with the same team that in the top league then. Didn't go as well as I thought it would be. It would go, sorry. Um, had some injuries, some problems then. Um, came back. I had signed a contract for the KZ Wings in the East Coast the next season. Working out at the end of the summer. So I had to put on that. And, and um, then I didn't know what to do really. I think we're having Luke. We're having some issues with your audio. It's crackalacking uh, on us here. So yeah. So what you come on, exit out, and come back in, and we'll see if that fixes it. And if that doesn't, try to restart your computer, and we'll go from there. Okay. Sorry, right. and we'll do that. That's okay. No problem. Yeah. It was. Uh, we'll see if we can get Luke's uh, audio fixed. Hey, it is what it is. Live. Welcome to live shows. Sometimes uh, things don't always uh, uh, go well, but we'll see if we can get that fixed for uh, Luke and bring him back. Uh, thank you, by the way. We'll take this moment while we get Luke back uh, on the uh, show in hopefully a few moments. Um, take that time to uh, thank everybody for joining us on the BetCast last night. Of course, it was another Tuesday Ice Guys uh, live BetCast uh, yesterday. Uh, we enjoyed it very much. Of course, it was a, a great couple of games, Tampa Bay, Florida, St. Louis, Colorado. So those of you that joined us for the live BetCast tonight that or last night that tuned in and those that joined us live on the stream, always fun. And again, we're doing the live BetCasts throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs every Tuesday night uh, for the rest of the season. So a live betting analysis, bring your favorite beers. It's a lot of fun. Have some drinks. It's like a virtual pub and a bar atmosphere with those live bet casts last night. So we thank you guys for joining us for that. We got Luke back with us. All right, let's see how Luke sounds. I took, I took my headphones out. Is it is it better? Oh, there you go. Okay. Fantastic. It it's great. Yeah, it's All right. So, so, there you go. So you're continuing your terrific waxing poetic over your great hockey journey, and it got <laughs> interrupted by technical difficulties. So you may continue. Yeah, I'm so sorry about that. So let me know if there's any issues. Um, yeah, and pretty much I don't know where it started cutting off. but Laval um, is where you were talking about. Laval, Laval yes. Yeah, so, of course, Montreal Canadians affiliate. So our, our when Andrew McGinnis joins the show, he'll be happy to hear that. He's a big Habs fan. Oh, yeah, and they just – shout out to them. They just won a big game five yesterday against Syracuse to advance yes. to the, the next round, which was the first series win in the team's history. So big shout out to them. Uh, a, I went to the game last week, Thursday, game three. It was insane atmosphere. It, it's a good place. But um, back then, it was pretty new. And, and for me to have my family, my cousins, and my parents seeing me score a couple goals, actually, at that place um, – it was incredible. And the fact that I was bilingual, I could speak to all the players, the coaches really connected with me. And I liked the fans. It was, it was a great experience for me. And uh, the next year, yeah, when I, I um, ended up in France, I uh, maybe should have stayed in North America for, for another year, but I mean, can't, you can't dwell on that. So now uh, it, it's part of the past, but I'm really proud of my, uh, of my career and um, where I'm at now. So that's a little, little background on me and then what I did in my hockey career pretty much. And talk about the difference. Like we were talking off air. There's a big difference between, you know, the French Canadian and being in Quebec compared to France overseas. <laughs> there is a big difference, isn't there? Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I played in the Southwest of France. Uh, I would say Paris is really the place where if, if you want to really, really this in the, Real French, we pretty much have a slang they like to say in Quebec. We don't speak the real French, they, they like to tell us. Um, but yeah, that's where the proper French is spoken pretty much in France, if you want to. In Quebec, it's pretty hard to understand. It's a lot of gibberish and uh, we, <laughs> we 
talk really, really fast, and we don't really pronounce it. Someone that went to visit friends in Gatineau many years ago. Yeah, I I know what that is like. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah, I can't. It's like, whoa, some people are like, I think I know a little bit of French. You go to Quebec, you're like, what the hell are they talking about? This is not French. And I'm like, yeah, it is. It's Quebec French. It's a bit different. But yeah, so no, French, it was great for that. At least I could speak the language there. So it was pretty easy uh, getting, uh, getting along with everyone there. Yeah, definitely. All right. Awesome stuff. You love hockey. I know that. And even though you're not playing now, you're still watching the games and you're watching the Stanley Cup playoffs and you're get, you're interested in betting and you're inter- you told me you're interested in learning more uh, yeah. about uh, betting. And look, we have had a bunch of players on since the beginning of the playoffs. Some have zero experience or interest in betting. None. But they still came on. They gave great hockey. They still gave picks. They still gave great hockey insight. And then there's some like Brett McLean, for instance, he's a serious better every day. Uh, in yeah. multiple sports and uh, he's definitely into it and he's looking to you know build a bankroll from this on a daily basis and you are in that spot right now where you're trying to learn a little bit more and it's funny you said something uh, funny off the air before the show started when you played in the ECHL you know all those bus trips that's what it is bus rides to get from one game to the next there's your teammates basically throwing their money down the shit flushing it down the shitter you yeah. know making all of these uh bigger amount bets than probably they should have right tell us a little about that yeah well i i remember one road trip in particular really uh, i think we left from brampton and we had to we had, we were supposed to fly to south dakota rapid city if i'm not mistaken the rush place there and um something happened we couldn't get our tickets because money issues or something like that so we had to take the bus which was 28 hours i think to get there to play three games and i remember guys were playing cards non-stop like wouldn't even be sleeping some of the guys it's just but the amount that guys back then you'd make some would make thousands of dollars a week but others would make probably four four fifty four hundred a week and by after two hours some guys were down like twelve hundred dollars but they make like four hundred a week so i was just traumatized at one point no not really but it's like guys what are you doing like literally you lost your your the next two paychecks in 10 minutes just for the sake of it so that's what i told you it kind of scared me with the betting because obviously they were going with higher bets but you could like you told me you can start a little bit lower and make your way through it but um yeah no i've seen a lot of guys a lot of thus lose some money they didn't have uh, on the back of the bus there and it, it gets pretty intense i'd say late nights there it, it could get, you could get, see some good rivalries so oh you're still muted Ian. yeah we have definitely been preaching on the ice guys here for the last uh, several years is bankroll management discipline money management don't bet more than you can afford to lose uh, that is always what we uh, say. And uh, like I say, that you can bet smaller amounts. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and it always should be something that you are able to uh, keep in check, uh, basically. Now, we, before we get into breaking down, we'll look back at last night's games in just a minute. But before we do that, we, let, we need a smile. Give us a smile right now. Look at that. If that doesn't tell you he's a hockey player, I don't know. At one time, I don't know what will. I didn't think we'd put the focus on that. I think it would just like slide by, it and people would notice. Hey, maybe he's a hockey player, but yeah. yeah. I that, those other uh, my my mom's not really happy with the my decision of playing hockey when it comes to my teeth, but the rest, I mean, yeah, no, everyone's pretty. Uh, that that's what that's you know the consequences of playing hockey. Uh, you you're you're ready, and you know what can happen on the ice, so. It's okay. It's part of the the hockey player uh, charm, I could say, I guess. Of course. I, I don't think you actually fully are, are christened as a hockey player until you lose a couple of chicklets. <laughs> I, I really think that's the way it goes. Like that's Ryan exactly Smith way back goes. when. <laughs> I told my brother, you're still not a real hockey player because you haven't lost one jib yet. So yep. we'll see. Yeah. That's when that's when you've arrived, right? When a couple of teeth are missing. That's when you know you've made it. Yeah, uh, as, exactly. a, as a hockey player. That's when you know you've found the uh you've found the uh the throne, if you will. Uh no yeah. doubt. All right, let's get into the good stuff. We'll talk about some NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll look back first on last night. And you know, as someone that's um that did take Florida in game one and Florida in the series against Tampa Bay, you know, to me that was a missed opportunity last night by the Florida Panthers. When you factor in that, I thought from a situational perspective, there was an edge toward the Panthers last night. You've got Tampa Bay coming off a seven-game series uh, against the Toronto Maple Leafs. It was a very hard-fought, very intense series. Went back and forth. 
They lost Braden Point to what we thought at the time might have been a season-ending injury, with just the way he was in pain, the way his you know leg and his ankle you know went backward. It really didn't look good. Uh, and uh, Braden Point obviously was uh, not playing last night in Game One for Tampa Bay. So you've got the Lightning off the seven-game series, quick turnaround from Saturday to Tuesday, a little bit more rest for Florida. No Braden Point in the lineup for the Lightning. It looked like the Panthers. Might you know had certainly an advantage situationally. It looks like and us also considering the fact that Tampa Bay Luke was awful in Game One against Toronto. Toronto really wanted to get off to a great start. Like, hey, we're sick of losing in the playoffs. We know this is the two-time champs. We want to beat their ass. We're going to end up uh, get coming out strong in Game One. I thought Florida would too last night, considering they lost to Tampa Bay in the first round last year in the playoffs with Tampa off the seven game, you know, physical grueling series, mentally grueling as well. I thought it was, they, they were ripe for the picking last night, Tampa Bay. But when you have all the chances Florida had Luke, it was one, nothing. They had a great start. They had a chance to build on that lead. They were pretty good at five on five and just time in time again, there's Andre Vasilevsky being Andre Vasilevsky, you know, just outstanding in that shutting the door, letting Tampa Bay lurk, hang around in that game, only trail one nothing, and sure enough, they get the late power play goal. Beautiful feed from Kucherov to Corey Perry for the tying goal 1-1, and then that woke up Tampa Bay. They had all the momentum going into the third period, and they played their best period of the game in the third period. They were terrific. They just took the game from Florida, uh, and they ended up with the 4-1 to victory, and it's an unfortunate setback for the Panthers because I thought it set up very nicely for them in game one, but they fall and they lose one nothing. Uh, and really for Tampa Bay to win that game off the seven games with Toronto on the road, no Braden point. Doesn't look like the Stanley Cup champions are going to be very easy to defeat in any game this series or any time moving forward. Luke, what did you think of that game last night? Uh, honestly, you said it best. Uh, Vasilevsky was probably the main reason why. But um, when they started the game, um, first of all, they scored the first goal. And I thought it looked a little bit like the, the series with Toronto, where Toronto won the first game at home. And, and, and everyone's like, oh, my God, it's their season. They're going for the cup. Uh, and everyone gets, like, too, too excited to start. And then after that, they had so many chances, like you said. Vasilevsky shut the door. And then there absolutely was no atmosphere at the game. It seemed like there was nothing. Like, you watch Calgary, you watch even Dallas or Edmonton. Fans, like, players are feeding off the fans. Yesterday was just boring. Like, I watch a TNT feed. Well, it is they, the Panthers' home building. We do have I to remember know. that. Yeah. <laughs> we're just excited. That's not what exactly I, the best ambiance in the NHL. <laughs> it's it's just like they're just happy. It seems like they're just happy to have the building filled up. They're just not even going to the next level trying to cheer. Like, in, in Edmonton, Canadian teams, it's they're standing up the whole game. But I felt like it kind of got the Florida Panthers, like, sleepy a little. And Tampa, they, they know it. They've been there. They know every single situation in the playoffs. They know how to react to every single adversity you throw at them. So that and that Kucherov, like, it's game seven. You'd see him in the warm-ups before the game against the Maple Leaf. He wasn't good. He was drinking a lot of fluids. Uh, it seemed like he was sick. Uh, people were speculating he was might be injured. Yesterday, you saw he's not injured. I don't think so because he was flying to start. I don't know if it's because of the rivalry or something, but that first goal was incredible. I don't know what Ekblad was doing, going to the middle like that, overcommitting himself, but still incredible play. And um, that really got them fired up, like you said. And I felt like after that, Kucherov was more involved. Um, I thought the, the point missing would be a bigger factor than that because he's definitely their most complete player. Me and you talked about that. Mr. He's Clutch. incredible grinder. He's yeah, he's incredible. And I thought yesterday it would like make a big difference. But no, I, I felt like Uberdo was in the same, even Barkov. These guys just don't have right now, they just need to get that grit level to the next just just to like make it harder on, on Tampa because like you said. They've been there the last three seasons in the playoffs. They, they, you always say they. Well, we feel like they'll get tired, but they never get tired because Vasilevsky's there. The defensive side, McDonough is steady, Edmund steady, Chernak steady. I mean, they have so many good defensemen that just shut the door down. And the big goal yesterday was a one, one faceoff by Belmar, I think, and that fourth line goal was huge. Uh, Pat Maroon going there, Perry got the puck, uh, the, the the stick on it. And that was a game changer because your fourth line gets on and scores. And, and I thought that was huge. So um, all around, it's a big game. It was all signs pointed for Florida to win that game, like you said, uh, before the game. 
Um, but I feel like the next game, Florida has to win that game. I, I mean, on all my, they cannot get swept. So um, they should get it back for the next game. Yeah, it's very important game too. I think the like we'll get to that tomorrow on the show. But I'm already I'm definitely eyeing Florida in the first period, and yeah. I'm disappointed because I, I if I had taken Florida in the first period and Florida full game, I would have split one and one because they oh, did win the first period. Uh, and I was I'll probably go that route tomorrow uh, in game two because you got to think in the first 20 minutes they're going to end up uh, playing well. But no, the only good thing for Florida was Anthony Duclair after being uh, healthy scratched by. Uh, Andrew Brunette in the final game of the Washington series game six he was healthy scratch and he had one shot on goal two assists in five games not good enough and clearly they sent a message to Anthony Duclair and he gets the only goal last night for the uh, Florida Panthers he played a pretty good game uh, but Tampa Bay give them credit no Braden point no problem Perry the power play goal great setup from Kucherov you're right that was crazy and odd to see Aaron Ekblad make a defensive uh mistake and miscue like that just way too much uh, focus on uh, Kucherov opened up way too much room for Perry that was just a rare defensive miscue by a pretty damn good defenseman oh yeah I agree yeah it's just it's just especially on the PK you know that you probably want he wants to gain the zone probably set it up but so if you commit yourself well a good player like Kucherov is going to see it right away and like you said way too much it seemed like he was just playing pawn hockey out there and just seemed way too easy but that was that was a nice goal yeah, no doubt about it. They played great in the third period. That's what Tampa Bay does, uh, and they get often get strong. Pierre-Edouard Belmar, man, if you're going to get that guy scoring for you too, uh, yeah. Pierre-Edouard Belmar, uh, man, uh, that's going to be really dangerous for opponents when they play Tampa Bay. But just a great job, you know, overcoming the absence of point, overcoming a one nothing deficit, and they find a way to beat Florida. And the Lightning take a one nothing series lead there. The second game yesterday, St. Louis and Colorado, uh, I was. I feel very fortunate to cash my best bet on the show yesterday, Luke, which was St. Louis first period plus one fifty five. No, uh, in the first period, that means a hundred pays one fifty five and a big underdog price. I thought the Blues could catch Colorado a little with Colorado off an eight day layoff after playing Nashville, sweeping Nashville uh, in the first round. And look, Colorado's playing a better team in this round than Nashville. St. Louis is a lot better. Uh, than Nashville. I thought that first period, especially Colorado would be in tough and St. Louis jumped on them, got the first goal. But after they got that first goal, Luke from Ryan O'Reilly made it one, nothing. It was all Colorado. The rest of the first period, they were swarming St. Louis. They hit a couple of posts. Jordan Bennington was unbelievable last night in net, especially in that first period. And he got better as the game went on five bells of St. Mary's, not one, not two, not three, not let's like LeBron James years ago with the championships. Not one, not two, not three, not four. Yeah, not one, not two, not three, not four. Five bells of St. Mary's go off last night behind Jordan Bennington. Five posts by the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, and wow, I mean, that's just unbelievable that the, you know, the iron was kind to Jordan Bennington. He was terrific. I mean, he was just diagnosing the play. His rebound control much of the night was good. As John Massey pointed out on our BetCast last night, the Blues did a good job boxing out, too. It really didn't let the Avalanche forwards get to those loose pucks. And you know Luke's playing the game, how important that is. It's not just the goal he has, the good rebound control, but the odd time he does spit out a rebound, but the defenseman box out so that the opponent doesn't get to that loose puck right in front of the goaltender. That's very important, and I thought the Blues did a pretty good job of that last night. A lot of the... Uh, Shots were from out front, but they didn't get those second, third chances necessarily throughout the night. That being said, it was still domination, much of the game by Colorado. If not for Jordan Bennington, Luke, the game doesn't go to overtime. You know, that could have, when it was two to one for Colorado in the third, the chances they had, it could have been six to one or seven to one. And of course, Colorado, time and time again, can't get that 3 1 goal, can't get that insurance goal. And you always felt in the pit of your stomach. Uh Uh-oh, here we fucking go. Watch the St. Louis Blues now come down the ice and tie the game. And that's exactly what happened. Jordan Cairo, 2-2. We end up going to overtime, but the right team prevailed. Colorado ends up winning it in overtime. A great shot, by the way, by Josh Manson. And I love to see players like that, Luke, get rewarded. He's a good defenseman. Great addition from Anaheim at the trade deadline. Good in his own end. Physical. Knocks someone on their ass, on their can. You know, that's good. I like to see that, especially at playoff time. Not known as a big point producer or someone that's going to drive the offense from the blue line, but to see him get rewarded. A nice feathery wrist shot 
And that's what they say to the defenseman right now, don't they, too? You don't have to pound a big slap shot anymore. Just a feathery wrist shot. Get it through the traffic. Get it through the shot blockers. Get it through the defense. Get it to the net so that it gets to the net with the wrist shot. You take a little something off it. Josh Manson did that. Game winner in overtime in Colorado. Gets a win that they, let's be honest, they deserved at 3-2 to take a one nothing series lead. Luca, crazy game and all Jordan Bennington to keep the Blues in it. Honestly, well, you talked about it. You said we tell the demon and all these days final lane, and and you said most of the game yesterday. I think he had fifty four shots. Jordan Bennington, um, I think the Avalanche has fifty four shots and over a hundred shot attempts yesterday is pretty incredible. But um, he was incredible, like back in when they had the the, the cup run. Um, if it wasn't for him and some luck and some posts and some Eric Johnson muffin shot that had an open net, don't know what happened. Muffed his shot. That, that should have been a goal. Uh, I don't know what happened. Um, but he that just was scuffed pretty- it. He dubbed the shot as Doc Emmerich would say. Doc Emmerich, one of my favorite broadcasters. Times. Yep. Dubbed the <laughs> shot. I know that was pretty funny. That was a nice save still, but, um, honestly yesterday, uh, I don't think Colorado, um, they were not going to stop until they won that game. McKinnon seems to be on a, on a, the men on the mission right now. I don't, I'm not sure how many shots attempt he had yesterday it was crazy amount. Again, um, in his six games, he's played, he's, I think over 10 shot attempts a game, uh, a game, which he's just playing at a McDavid level right now. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to go home. He wants to prove that he can be the next, well, the next guy to lift the cup. So yesterday, I think he, the point was proven uh, the Blues, I think, honestly, I think the winner of that series is going to go, go, gonna go on and win the Cup because this is one, two of the best teams. And and St. Louis, even if they're down on the decor, some Krug is injured and some Demons are out, um, they're still really dangerous and they know how to play the game in the playoffs. They're they're heavy. Uh, they know how to forecheck well and how to get under your skin. And and that, those top six fours are really good. And Jordan Kyrie scored a nice goal yesterday. Off of that change... Um, but still really nice goal. Thomas is really good. They have some good guys, nine guys that score 20 goals this year. So, uh, they have a good offense, so it's going to be tough, but if Colorado plays like yesterday, I mean, they're going to be real, really hard to, to beat. And like you said, Manson, uh, unsung hero a little bit. No one really talked about it, the pickup at the deadline, but what a huge pickup. I think he plays on the second or third pairing, uh, right-handed D-man can, can punish guys in front of the net in the corner, but still really smart player that can shoot the puck and find a lane like we saw yesterday. So overall Colorado deserved the game, but I think it's, it's going to be a pretty quick series. If, um, if St. Louis cannot manage, um, a little bit easier because yesterday, let's be honest, if it wasn't for five posts and that open uh, net missed, it could have been six or, or seven, two or something like that. So, it could have been much worse. There's no question. It could have been Jordan, a man. whole lot worse for the uh, St. Louis Blues. And uh, I'm just trying to uh, look up the uh, net, the uh, because now with analytics and those advanced statistics are just such a big part, you know, of uh, you know handicapping and looking at at games and seeing how they play out. But I know for a fact when you look at uh, last night with the uh, Blues and the Avalanche, yeah, the expected goals for the game three point seven three for the Colorado Avalanche compared to just 1.37 for the St. Louis Blues. So look at the big edge they ended up having, uh, this, the Colorado Avalanche in that game. And like I say, it was kind of reminiscent, Luke, of what we saw with uh, Jake Ottinger in Game oh, yeah. 7 against uh, Calgary, where really Dallas was only in the game because of their goaltender, and it was very much like that with Jordan Bennington and the Blues last night uh, in Game 1 against uh, Colorado. We got Jimmy Murphy now with us. Jimmy, what's up? Hey guys, how we doing? Doing very good. What were your thoughts on uh, last night, Jimmy? Wow, it was uh, definitely surprised with Florida. Um, I think they missed a huge opportunity there. You know, not only do you have a tired, uh, emotionally drained Tampa team coming in there, and you got a, a couple more days of rest, um, but then for most of the game, I, I don't know if you guys have mentioned, but most of the game they're playing with five D. They started with seven, uh, so you know, just just a gutsy. Yep. Part of a champion type win for the Lightning, but I think, and not to discredit what I just said there, I still think a missed opportunity for the Panthers there because they just didn't have it. They were flat, and that's that's one of the flattest games I've seen them play in the playoffs. Maybe, maybe yeah, the injury to Chernak, right? I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's just one of those where you know, if this goes Tampa's way in that series, they could look back. I know game ones don't always decide a series, but that was kind of a tone setter, I thought. And they're going to need a really good bounce back. 
And then with the other game, guy, I mean, just what what an ending. Uh, I, my heart goes out to Bennington there, even though I'm not a fan of him. He still played a hell of a game. But uh, great, great gutsy win by Colorado there, too. I know people are going to say, oh, well, they should they should be beating St. Louis better than that. But still, we all like St. Louis, right, to come in there and they're get gonna a, be a tough out. I still think they're going to be a tough out. Yeah, and I still better think than this is going night. seven. So I think it's going to be a fun series. No doubt about it. And I think you will see better from uh, St. Louis uh, next time out. All right, let's get to the games tonight. We got mm-hmm. sides, totals, player props, you name it. Lots to discuss. Eastern Conference, second round game one, New York Rangers, uh, Carolina Hurricanes, Carolina minus 170 home favorites, five and a half the total uh, in this game. Uh, this will be ESPN, and this will be the returning Sean McDonough, by the way, uh, with Ray Ferraro for this uh, series. I think Sean was in COVID protocol or something for a few days there. That's why he was away for some of that Boston series last series. But he's back tonight uh, on the ESPN broadcast. Uh, this should be an interesting series here, Rangers and Hurricanes. Uh, I don't know if I've seen a person or heard a person like the Rangers uh, in this series. And that's kind of scary when you ask me, because uh, I like Carolina too, but it's, I I thought someone or at least a couple people would be trying to make the case for the New York Rangers. But I think everybody's kind of thinking that this Carolina team is just a little bit too deep up front when you look at the four lines. And when you look at Carolina's four lines, it's easy to see why they're, they're, they're a team a lot of people like because of that depth up front. You've got Svechnikov, Aho, Jarvis. They've been a phenomenal top line. You've got Tara Vinen and Trocek on the second line, two very good productive players. And now Rod Brindamore after game seven or in game seven against Boston, he moved Max Domi up to the second line. And look what Domi did uh, in game seven. Two goals for the Carolina Hurricanes, and he's back on that second line right wing spot with Trocek and Tara Vinen. You've got Nino Niederreiter with Jordan Stahl and Jesper Faust on the third line. That's such a good third line. They can score. They can check. Uh, It's just amazing that that is a third line that the Carolina Hurricanes have at their disposal. Incredible depth. I mean, they got so much depth that pretty good players like Marty Natchez, and even though he's had a kind of a disappointing season, we know he's still got talent going back to when he was with Montreal. Jesperi Kotkaniemi is on a fourth line right now for this Carolina Hurricanes team. That's how spoiled they are uh, up front. Then you look at the blue line with Jacob Slavin, who's just playing just an outstanding beast-type level on that blue line as their number one defenseman. Tony uh, D'Angelo, Jimmy doesn't like his character. I don't either, but look, he's playing well uh, for Carolina, other than maybe taking the odd dumb penalty. But he's playing well at the offensive end, moving the puck well. Brady Shea, uh, Brett Pesci, they're a great defensive pair. I think they're totally underrated, those two guys. Brett Pesci, nobody talks enough about him. Just sound, sound as it gets. Uh, in his own end. Very, very good positional sh- block shots. Brendan Smith, good physical defenseman. Ian Cole, great veteran defenseman. What's there not to like? One through six in that blue line. It's very, very strong uh, for Carolina. And when you look at the New York Rangers, you know, there is some concerns about their blue line because look, they got torched early in that Pittsburgh series by Sidney Crosby, Jake Gensel, and Brian Rust. You know, that line just did all kinds of damage. Now they got better as the series progressed, but this is going to be another test here. Ryan Lindgren, Adam Fox, Andre Miller, you know, these are younger defensemen. They're going to be very good defensemen for a long period of time, but, you know, they're still very young. Uh, they're maturing. They're growing. And now you got to deal with four-line wave of the Carolina Hurricanes. It's not going to be easy. Uh, we'll see how they handle it here, you know, and Jacob Truba. I like Jacob Truba's game in terms of the physicality, you know, and he, and he knocks someone down. He's got to stay out of the box. He took too many penalties, in my opinion, against Pittsburgh. And you can't do that here uh, in this series against Carolina. So interesting how that goes. I've got a bet here. I like Carolina tonight. But I think the better way to approach it is don't lay minus 170 tonight in game one. Do what I did. The game one and series combo. I think it's a great value. It's plus 105. It's Carolina to win game one and Carolina to win the series at plus 105. It's a combination bet that wins if they win tonight game one and they win the series, which I think they will. I think it's a great price, phenomenal value. It's even better than laying the series price, in my opinion, on its own, which is, you know, in that minus 190 range. So I really like that way of approaching it. Carolina to win game one and win the series, which is plus 105 in this game. And I like over the total as well, because again, with five and a half, the Rangers series against Pittsburgh, 
that shouldn't have been five and a half. Clearly, <laughs> most games went over the total in that series. And most games with Carolina with, with a total of five and a half in the first round against Boston went over the total. So at that number, I'm interested uh, when it comes to over five and a half at around minus 120 with the uh, Rangers and the Hurricanes. We've got uh, Andrew, you know, we haven't heard from Andrew yet. Andrew McGinnis has just joined us. Uh, Andrew, welcome in. If you want to give some thoughts on the games last night, go for it. And uh, if not, what do you like here, Rangers and Hurricanes? Yeah, quick thoughts. I mean, uh, bad night for me to be an overbetter in the St. Louis game, at least. Jeez, man, like, uh, what, five or six posts? Uh, yeah. Just an exhilarating hockey game. I think one that we all liked. Uh, you don't like hockey if you don't like that game, plain and simple. I mean, it's fun to watch. It's playoff yeah. hockey. Um, Bennington is doing Bennington things in the playoffs. Uh, we've seen it from him before. But uh, yeah, that was that was tough for me to uh, you know lose that over there. But um, as far as the Florida and Tampa series, you know I was high on Tampa based on the odds we saw in that one, and uh, I was happy to see the result there. I just don't know if I can see Florida match them line for line. You know, when you've got guys again, like I said, with Ross Colton and Nick Paul performing at the level they are performing at, well, don't let Kucherov and those guys get hot as well. And it's gonna be real tough. And I said on the show yesterday to you. I think the biggest difference is that if Florida is going to win that series, I think every, all four games they win, if they win the series, they have to score four goals. I think it doesn't have to be the case for Tampa Bay. They can win two one games. They can win three two games where I just don't think Florida are capable of winning a two one game. If if you told me the score finished two one in a game and you didn't tell me who won, I'm going to tell you guys nine times out of 10, that, that team that probably won was probably Tampa Bay. So um, I, I think we need to see Florida, you know, find their offense, find their power play. As you know, you've been pretty tough on their power play, Ian. But uh, yeah, great, oh, great horseshit, absolute horseshit. <laughs> thank you for because I, I didn't mention that in my recap. Totally embarrassing. Now this power play, <laughs> they can't even string passes together. There's no player movement. Too many fucking stationary passengers uh, in that offensive zone. Like I'm really pissed off that this team is this pathetic right now with the power play. The There's play too much right? talent. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Luke. There's too much talent to be this bad on the power play. Over 20. Are you shitting me? You got to be better than that with that group of players they've got. Well, you know, I just think that the way the hockey is evolving, and from when I was younger and even now, I think that you see junior players, they have to, if you're a defenseman, you have to be offensive. You have to have it. I mean, I was listening to an or reading an article the other day and listening to a podcast talking about how Tampa Bay and Colorado, the way they play, it's almost like a five-man unit. The way that they have a forward replace that demon, it's like it's like it's a natural habit. Some teams aren't good at it. You know which team is not very good at that? Florida. When the whenever they have a defenseman jump into the rush, how many times have you seen Barkov just be, oh yeah, okay, I got to be a defenseman for a minute? Never. And it results in two on ones the other way. You know, so I think that you got they got to they got to be careful with how many times they have a, a defenseman pinch up because I feel like that's going to hurt them big time. But as far as tonight's game, um, you know, I like the the Hurricanes and the series, and, and I have them as a cup uh, fourteen to one. But I I think that tonight the minus one is the way I'm going to go. Half unit puck line, half unit money line. I think it's going to be a great series, very entertaining one. Um, but I'm going to continue to ride with uh, Rod Brendamore getting that last change and. Uh, guys, when you've got a one-third line that consists of Alexi Lafreniere and, and Capo Caco, and the next one has Nito Niederreiter, Jesper Fast, and Jordan Stahl, uh, I'll take the team with with that third line versus the others. So I, I think this is going to be very, very... I'm not saying the Rangers aren't deep. Don't get me wrong. They have depth. I don't want to get misquoted. But I think this series is going to be very similar to what Carolina faced against Boston. It's going to be the, the depth of the Hurricanes versus the stars of, of the Rangers. You know, and and I tip my hat to to you know Jimmy's guys in Boston for protecting home ice, but we'll see if I think the Rangers can or the Hurricanes can steal one on the road and win this series in six. Great, great thought by Rich H uh, in our chat with some of these props he's posting, especially Jacob Slavin to score a point at a plus price. We think of Jacob Slavin as a great, you know, he's great in his own end, terrific, outstanding. But this guy can this guy can chip in in the offensive side of things too. He scored two goals in the Boston series, and when you look at, especially at home at PNC Arena, there down there in Raleigh, game one he had a point, game two he had two assists, two points, game five he had a point and a goal, uh, and in game seven he assisted on two of the Carolina goals for two points. He's been a point machine 
on home ice, Jacob Slavin, at least in that Boston series in the first round he was. So Jacob Slavin at a plus price to register a point. You sign me up with that too. I mean, especially, look, he's had a point in every home game here in the playoffs. So that's absolutely a great find. And obviously, I'm never going to say to someone, hey, Adam Fox, you want to bet him to get an assist? No, I'm never going to say that's a bad bet because we know he's very good. And he set up, of course, Artemi Panarin, put the puck right on his uh, stick, right on his tape for the overtime winner against Pittsburgh uh, in Game 7. So some good prop looks there from Rich. I definitely wouldn't argue with either uh, of those. Jimmy, uh, what do you think here, Rangers, Hurricanes? Well, look, I'm going to I'm gonna have to confess something right out of the gate here, guys. Uh, yesterday, and I think I teased it yesterday, uh, when we were on with Aaron, uh, you know, I like the I like the Hurricanes, but I don't know if I had some some moment of clarity in my sleep. I have no idea, but I'm going the other way now, guys. I I, I think this is going to wow. be just Erkin is going to steal this series. That's what I think is going to happen right now. I think he's, he's gonna probably going to need that heart, heart form that he yep. showed in the season, and I, I think he's going to stun the world. I I really do. I think the Rangers right now are going to really embrace this underdog role because nobody nobody is picked hardly anybody is picking them right now they're, they're not a bad team they're they didn't not, deserve to win not. their last they're, series they're, though that, that's good. why good. they, they yeah. didn't deserve to win their last series that's, that's why. why no one's well, negative I perception mean, yeah I, I mean one could argue what good teams take advantage of the chances they're given and the opportunities they're given that that's what a championship team does name me one stanley cup team one team that's won a stanley cup that didn't catch a break or two yeah along the way in the playoffs Tampa pretty be- much dominated last year, like the whole the whole playoffs. Yeah, but- I mean, that, that's they, they all kick breaks here and there. If I, yeah. I guarantee we go back and look, they got a power play there or somebody yeah, got yeah, hurt yeah. there. It happens. And the Rangers made the best of it. So credit to them. I get what you guys are saying. I don't necessarily like them in this game. And that's why I am going. I'm doing a little reverse. I'm doing Carolina here in game one on the puck line. But I do think as the series goes on, Shesterkin will be the difference. And they're going to win it in seven. So Jimmy, right. you'll so you'll be able to get you know for everybody out there riding with Jimmy, you can get wait you know according to you wait till this game's over. Yeah, you know it's right. kind of like what I was saying about the Leafs series last week or two weeks ago. I told people wait till the Le- the Leafs win the first game and then take Tampa. You're saying the same thing greater. almost. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you but Jimmy, you'll be able to get a good price on the hurric on the yep. on the Rangers after That's game what one. I'm thinking. Yep. Yeah, and, and that that's sometimes a good. That's what I'm hoping for with uh, Edmonton Calgary a little bit. Where I, I'm I'm interested in Calgary if somehow they lose Game One tonight uh, in that series. But that, I like that, the call on Slavin though, guys. Great yeah. call there. Like I honestly, when I was evaluating that series and, and writing about it, after, how good is that guy? Seriously, he, he to me, I thought you know if you were gonna do a one two three MVPs, I thought he had he could battle for the MVP of that series for for the Carolina Hurricanes. I know we didn't have all the goals and everything, but Forget even the offense and the points he's getting on assists. He's just a great two-way guy, and uh, he really allows his the teammates right spot to do things. Times. Yeah, he really is. He sees the game great, so uh, he, he's one of the better players out there. I, you know, I never really noticed it until this series. Yeah, he's terrific. Stick position is great. He's always in the right position. He's rarely beaten. You know, he's got a good enough mobility that he it's hard to beat him with speed. And he's just he plays the angles perfectly. That's so important as a defenseman. Play the angles perfectly. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure you know, you know, certain players you got to keep a gap between you and them, and some you got to be right up on them to get take their speed away. And it's it, it's player to player, it's different. He seems to know who he's on the ice against, how he should be playing it defensively. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great trait, great skill for a great defenseman, and I think Slavin is. Uh, a great defenseman. Luke, uh, what do you think here? Rangers, Hurricanes. Honestly, I think it's been all pretty much covered. I won't get into the betting because, uh, like we talked about, I'm not a uh, close to a pro here. But I like the Hurricanes. I think it's going to be, uh, like we said before, a series similar to the Boston one. Uh, the atmosphere at PNC is insane. I think the players feed off of that. You can feel when you watch the game. Even I don't know, watching TV, you get fired up just watching the game. So uh, I feel like tonight it's – pretty much an easy bet on 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 Carolina uh, next game I think the Rangers Shosturkin could steal one I think the only question mark is probably Ranta he played really well uh last series but I mean the Rangers are a little bit better more skill offensively um yeah. I don't know what's going on with Anderson but Ranta could be made because obviously the defense in front of him is unreal Carolina like we talked about Slavin's a stud um lots of good d-men there but 
if if Ranta elite, like I don't know, a, a few soft ones, it could change the momentum of a game, maybe of a series. So um, I still think Carolina's should win the series, maybe still one on the road, win in six, could go to seven. Because uh, I can see the home teams winning on, on home ice pretty much every game, like in the Boston series. But um, I like the Hurricanes for sure. And tonight, uh, I could bet on uh, the Hurricanes to, to, to win that. There you go. Any props you like for players? Any players that stick um, I had uh, Sebastian Ajo, um, the over two and a half shot. Um, that's I saw that. I uh, I remembered a few uh, few of the highlight reels. Goal he scored against um, Rangers a few years back in the playoffs. Um, I think it was in the bubble. Um, uh, I don't know. I feel like he's going to have a big game tonight, so uh, I would I would go to over on that. All right, Sebastian Ajo, over two and a half uh, shots on goal. And by the way, uh, we, we talked about McKinnon and, how, you know, how just uh, uh, he's bound and determined to finally get past the second round. I was looking at the shots on goal numbers for McKinnon the last several. It's unbelievable. It's like six, <laughs> eight, nine. I mean, yeah, my gosh. You start looking at that. Yesterday. Yeah. Live yesterday look at, was crazy. Live look, yeah, I, I used one of those gifts. It was like live, live look at me right now. Uh, regretting not taking McKinnon shots, and it was like a yeah. guy banging his head against yeah. the wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He gets like seven shots a game, man. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. but I and think, guys, I think Andrew Kopp plays a huge factor in this series for the New oh, York yeah. Rangers. Yeah. I think a guy like him could be an X factor for the Rangers. Yeah, that guy's been a prop, uh, money in the bank prop player for me, much like Chushkin for Colorado. There's been a bunch of those Jarvis and Jarvis for Carolina. You know, I'm betting him, and I'm looking at Domi because again, we're talking about. Here we go again with these, and I mention these constantly. You're getting plus 260 and plus 280 prices with his line mates, uh, Tara Vinen and Trocek, to score a goal tonight. Max Domi's up to plus 350, plus 460, even in some spots, to score a goal tonight after getting two in game seven uh, to beat Boston and now playing on the second line. It's amazing. Like Domi's on that same second line tonight, playing alongside. Tara Vinen and Trocek. You've got Tara Vinen and Trocek in that plus 250 range to score a goal. And there's Max Domi. Some books have him plus 350. And there's even one that has him at plus 460. Like, there you go. I mean, it's just, it's there. The It's there on a tee for you. Take that value, you know, when he's going to be on that second line. So hopefully it's not an anomaly, though, because the one thing about Domi is you have an amazing game like you did in game seven and can't find him with a telescope uh, on the ice the next game. And I'm hoping tonight's not going to be that night for him. We'll see uh, how that transpires. We'll see how this next game transpires in this series, which could could be a classic. Uh, we're looking forward to it. Edmonton Oilers, Calgary Flames, the first battle of Alberta in the Stanley Cup playoffs since 1991. And Gretzky was still on the Oilers uh, at that time. I think it was his final season with the Oilers before that big trade. Uh, to the LA Kings, but uh, absolutely amazing. It's been that long. They renew their rivalry here in the Battle of Alberta. We've got Calgary minus 160 home favorites here in game one at the Saddle Dome and the total six across the board uh, in this game. Uh, I, I'm definitely not involved in the side here in game one. This is a sit back and watch for me. I think I would lean Calgary in regulation simply because of the momentum of the game seven win. Leon Dreisaitl not being 100%, although Matt Carey was vehement when he was with us on Monday talking about they've got Hydra Ice, they've got all of this great recovery and treatment options that are available to players these days when they're battling an ankle sprain that can allow them to heal quicker than ever before. So expect Dreisaitl to be, he thinks Matt said that he thinks Dreisaitl is going to be at or close to 100% by game three uh, in this series. So that's why I think for me, it's important for Calgary to, you know, hold serve on home ice here, and especially with Dreisaitl. He's going to play, but he's not going to be near 100% compared to maybe later in the series. So it's very important here for Calgary to have a strong start. You know, I do have to favor their four lines compared to Edmonton. Edmonton's got a great top six. We know that. And that's the scary thing. McDavid and Dreisaitl, even though less than 100% Dreisaitl is still someone you got to watch out for. Kane, who is terrific. Yamamoto. Yamamoto had a billion chances. Yamamoto could add four or five goals in that first round against LA. Hit a bunch of posts. I liked his game, though. Uh, you know, Hyman, it goes without saying how good he's been for the Oilers and what you, you can expect him to raise his game in the playoffs. I mean, that top six is great, but they don't get the punch from the bottom six that I think Calgary could when you talk about Dylan Dubé and Blake Coleman and some of the players that are down the lineup for the Calgary Flames. Uh, the Flames give Goudreau and Kachuk credit. 
they were much maligned years past for those first round exits. They were both outstanding, especially down the stretch in the Dallas series. Uh, give them credit definitely for that. Uh, Elias Lindholm, congrats to him on the Selkie nomination. Uh, Well-deserved, an incredible two-way forward, an outstanding season for him. Uh, obviously, he's going to play a big role in this. And on the defense, look, I've, I've still got issues with Edmonton's depth. I mean, when you look at it, Darnell Nurse, and I'm not saying that because he's ha from Hamilton, like me, uh, but he's been terrific. But after that, there's a bunch of questions. Evan Bouchard, more of an offensive-minded defenseman than, de than defensive, although I think he's really improved, no question. Tyson Berry, same thing. More of an offensive-minded defenseman than a defensive-minded defenseman. Everyone's talking because Cody Ceci got a huge goal against L.A. All of a sudden, people are treating him like he's uh, the next coming of uh, Scott Niedermeyer. I mean, can we calm down a little bit? I know he had a nice goal there against L.A., but and, and he had a nice series against L.A., but this is still a guy that ended up not being wanted, or to, the Leafs didn't want to keep him around. You know, at one point, Cody Ceci in Ottawa, you know, didn't keep him around. So... You know, a great series, but can he do it again against, you know, Calgary's going to be a little bit tougher than L.A. That's a question. So there's a lot of defensemen I've got questions. And Duncan Keith, you know, it's just it's 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 tough to say it. But, you know, for a guy that's had a great Hall of Fame career, I mean, his best days are behind him. I mean, the one game, it was kind of hard to watch it. You know, there's such a great player in his career. And there he is, like, falling down on the ice against L.A. Like he's a drunk man coming out of the bar, stumbling and bumbling. Uh, that was hard to watch that. Uh, and yeah, then he was, season, that was game six. That yeah, was it was. Six, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, game it was. six or game five. Yeah, yeah. when Campy scored that overtime winner, uh, yeah. Keith, yeah. He, uh, he had a bad game, which sucks for his legacy because he's such a winner, such a competitor. He won the yeah. Conn Smythe one year. So, um, yeah, it sucks to, but he's not, the, he's not the player he used to be. That's for sure. No, it is. And it's sad because, you know, you remember the great days. You remember winning Stanley Cups in Chicago when he was at his prime. And now you see this version of Duncan Keith. It's difficult. It's difficult as a hockey fan to watch when someone, a great player, you know, is at the end of the, the road uh, and not the same player. You know, it is difficult. So there are question marks there for Edmonton defensively. But now I'm going to get a question mark for Calgary. People laud their defense. People laud Jacob Markstrom, obviously. And a big reason why they're going to go far is that defense, that goaltending. No doubt. But I have concerns. Game six and game seven. Rewatch the, the, that game. If, or if, if you do rewatch it, um, you will see some things that bother me. They only gave up in game six and seven, what, 10, 15, 20 shots, especially in game seven. But out of those 10, 15, 20 Dallas shots, a lot of them, the majority of them were high danger, quality chances. They were getting, they would let Miro Haskinen just walk down Main Street from the blue line right to the front of the net. And, and they had a brilliant chance on Markstrom. You know, Calgary's defense, when they, they didn't give up a ton of chances and shots, but what they did give up was high quality to the Dallas Stars. And the Dallas Stars got speed through the neutral zone. They got Calgary backing up. They got Calgary, you know, the defense, you know, backing up a little bit. They were allowing zone entry to Dallas a little bit too easily. You know, they were on their heels a little bit. I, I didn't like that. Well, if you're doing that to Dallas, what if you do that to Edmonton? Edmonton can make you, can punish you, you know, 10 times more than Dallas can, especially with McDavid's speed that will back up any defenseman or any forward trying to back check him. So there's definitely some concerns for Calgary. I'm convinced Jay Woodcroft, even though he's preached team defense, he's going to say to his team, push this pace, get Calgary on those heels, kind of like Dallas did in the last couple of games. Use that speed through the neutral zone. Get this game to be quicker, you know, and try to see if you can get them to back up like Dallas did. Again, that's the misnomer about Game 7. Yes, Calgary deserved to win. They dominated shot-wise and chances-wise. But the chances they did give up, the much fewer chances they did give up, were dangerous. Especially Tyler Sagan in overtime. If he hits the net on that redirection, that tap-in, Calgary's not even playing tonight. And we're talking about the Dallas Stars here in the second round against Edmonton. So. Though that does concern me, you know, that even if they don't give up, Calgary's going to outshoot Edmonton. I'm convinced of it. Calgary's going to outchance Edmonton. I'm convinced of it. But I also think that the few ch fewer chances and shots that Edmonton gets could be very dangerous, could be high quality. And a team like the Oilers doesn't need many chances to find the back of the net. So that's the way it's that's I kind of lean over the total here in game one. I know the total six, it's shaded to the over. I know we had two unders last night but I do think Edmonton's going to push the pace here a little bit 
And that's the way I'm going to play it here uh, with this game. Oilers and Flames over six. As far as props go, uh, I'm going to stick with the same group for the Flames. Mangiapane, Gaudreau, Lindholm, uh, and Dylan Dubé and Blake Coleman. I'm not giving up on them. I think they're eventually going to get some offense going. They're capable of it. And for Edmonton, you can bet McDavid props. Not crazy to do it. He looks like a man possessed. McDavid over shots on goal, certainly a consideration. Uh, I would stay away from Dreisaitl tonight a little bit just because he's not 100%. But I go with Yamamoto and Kane, especially. Those two guys, I think, are going to be huge and very important for Edmonton in this series. Kane and Yamamoto would probably be my two favorite Oilers props here tonight. Uh, Luke, we'll start with you on this one. Battle of Alberta, game one, Oilers, Flames. Um, it's going to be a fun one, honestly. Yep. It's uh, best player in the world. Uh, it's going to come down to different things, I think, but um, how you handle Connor, um, how you play him. I mean, LA tried. Um, never seen a performance like game seven by a, in my lifetime. Um, he was possessed, like you said. He just took over would not get denied. So if he plays that way, obviously with Leon, um, not a hundred percent, you can focus more of your attention on Connor, which might help for the first few games. Um, but also, like you said, I think they're going to get outshot today. Um, Mike Smith, uh, you know, Mike Smith can be a hell of a goalie or Mike Smith can be, yeah, Mike Smith, you know, uh, the Arizona Mike Smith too as well. So it, it could be, it could go both sides. Uh, he's been playing good after game one. I think he had a little collapse there um, last round. But uh, if Mike Smith plays well, they could steal probably this game. But I feel like uh, Markstrom and, and then the, the Calgary core is going to be on tonight. I think Lindholm, the bet, uh, 0.5 goal over today, is going to go on. I think Lindholm's going to score tonight. He, um, yeah, with the announcement, uh, with the Selkie and everything, he's going to be fired up. Um, also, I, I think the over as well today, it's going to be a lot of goals. Uh, I don't think, uh, like you said, I don't think Edmonton's going to shoot on that a lot of times. I, like in, in the Dallas series, it felt like Calgary just had some lapses of just nonchalant. They were just not there and just stopped playing for a few seconds. Bam, just a quick shot in the slot. So you saw that too. Oh yeah. Well, Dallas wasn't getting a ton of shots yeah. and chances. What they were getting was very dangerous. Exactly. And, yeah. and it, it was it was dangerous like to watch this as a coach. If I'm Sutter, I'm like, what are you guys doing? Because I felt maybe because the series was kind of sleepy, they kind they didn't work as hard. Maybe this with the battle of Alberta, everyone's gonna be fired up. Maybe it won't be the same. But defensively, yeah, the, I feel like they gave way too many key chances from the slot or to the demon to come in. Um, and also, I think the advantage Calgary is uh, behind the bench, Sutter, a lot of experience, Cups, Game 7s, a lot of all of this. Woodcroft's a good coach, but he's new. He knows his team pretty well, but we'll see how it goes. But I feel like Calgary has the advantage uh, tonight and in the series as well. Yeah, I do lean Calgary in regulation. I don't know if I'll get there. Like I said, I really want to kind of stay out of the side just for game one, see how these teams play, feel each other out maybe early in the series and what should, could be a war when it's all said and done. But I I would lean to Calgary in regulation, at least in this one, if I were to get involved in it, game one. And, and the Lindholm prop, I like the angle where, hey, he's nominated for the Selkies, had a great season, good first round as well. He wants to prove why uh, he's nominated for that award, and he shows up uh, tonight. Uh, here in uh, game one and uh, you know it's a perfect example game seven of why you know sometimes you look at the numbers the raw numbers say shots on goal 60 to whatever it was what 20 or 30 for Dallas almost double them in shots and you think to yourself wow all Calgary and nothing Dallas did nothing offensively yeah but out of those you know shots that Dallas had the 28 shots in game seven you know a lot of those were really dangerous uh, that the Calgary Flames allowed so that's what I noticed, and it sounds like Luke did as well when yeah. watching Game 7. Uh, yeah. Andrew, what do you think here with uh, Oilers-Flames Game 1? Yes, I mean, uh, yesterday you kind of got my serious thoughts, so um, I'm staying off the side in this one. I'm looking at two teams that played incredible goaltenders in Game 1, or Round 1. I mean, talking about Ottinger and Jonathan Quick, both these teams deserve plenty more goals in their individual series that they played in. Uh, and this is, you know, a series where we're seeing six, not six and a half. I haven't seen much. Uh, it, it was funny, Ian. I, I, I know he's not going to listen to this, but if he is, it's all good. But I'm on the show with Gabe last night. And before I sign off and, and say goodbye, I said, uh, all right, give me the over six Oilers and Flames. And he says to me when we go off air, well, it's six and a half. Why would you say six? Well, the only book, the entire planet that night, actually, that had six and a half was FanDuel. 
which of course, well, of course is their, yeah, is their sponsor. It's the only book we can so, mention with Marenzi around. Yeah, well, and I didn't even mention which book I got at the six at. I just said it's six. And he's like, yeah, there's no six and sixes anywhere. Every single place has yeah, six games. Right now. We can only talk about FanDuel fantasy land. Yeah, maybe that's the case. And I get that. It's obviously yeah. their sponsor. But I'm telling you, I, the reason why I bring that up is because I was shocked that this didn't move to six and a half. I'm not talking smack about anybody. I'm saying that FanDuel opened six and a half. Everywhere else opened six. And we didn't really see any of movement towards six and a half. Guys, to me, this it, it's it almost scares me how obvious this seems. Yeah. But when I look at two teams that I expect to go to the box quite a bit and send each other on power plays, and then with the performances from Ottinger and Quick, I think the floodgates are about to burst on open once these teams hit the ice. So uh, last game was ridiculously high score. I think it was like 9-6 or something. Not not. I, I Hold on. It wasn't, wasn't that crazy. I got to look it up here. No, hold it was on. close to that. It was hold close on. to that. 9-5. Yeah, 9-5. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be like that, obviously, but I expect some goals here in this one. All right, good stuff. Uh, by the way, I forgot to mention with the Rangers-Hurricanes because I do like over five and a half in that game. Three of the four meetings this year in the regular season went over the total with the Hurricanes and the Rangers, so uh, keep that in mind. But, uh, yeah, I mean, to me it feels like, yeah, all those goals, remember, they they were they were basically expected goal uh, juggernauts. Edmonton and Calgary, particularly in game seven of their two series victories. Like Edmonton was crushing LA and expected goals, but didn't get as many as they should have. Calgary crushed Dallas, expected goals, but didn't get as many as they should have because Ottinger played like Jake Brodeur, not Jake Ottinger uh, the other night. Uh, and all of a sudden... Best playoff performance ever, remember? This is nasty. Yeah, without winning. Yeah, exactly. One of the best playoff performances of the last recent years in net in the playoffs for sure but the best like he said the bet the best ever i mean my goodness I mean, <laughs> you can't go there with that i agree with what you said yesterday about that with what paul Bissonette said and yeah we love gabriel morenci we do morenci is an incredible character he's a legend in the radio business and he's done shows for 20 plus years going back to his montreal days like it's great a bit long time friend of his but he can be daffy sometimes he can be batty he can say things that don't make a goddamn bit of sense uh, I wasn't even, I wasn't, don't, don't say I said that. I, that's your words, not mine. Words. I didn't uh, say I'm, not, I'm not scared to say it because I've known him now for like 10, 15 years. When you're a longtime friend, you're not scared to call them out anymore. No, well, uh, I wasn't even calling him out or anything bad. Yeah. I was just saying I was shocked when I got off the air and it was six and a half. That's all. Or yeah. It was six. FanDuel was the only place that had six and a half. And Here he's I telling you, it's got six, there. Andrew, at six and a half. I was yeah. like, damn, I'm a fucking idiot. I thought it was six. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I got off air and every other book had six. So Yeah, so you're not. You were in the right there. I'll back you up on that. All right, Jimmy, what do you think here? Battle of Alberta, game one. I'm going to keep playing it simple, boys. Oilers take game one here. Give me the Oilers in regulation. Wow, how about that? Edmonton in regulation for an even better uh, price on that. Uh, Oilers in regulation for uh, Jimmy. Remember, Oilers money lines around plus 140. Uh, you go to uh, Oilers in regulation around plus 210, plus 220. Uh, you can get with that. So Oilers in regulation for Jimmy uh, in this one uh, should be great. We're looking forward to it for sure. There you go. That is the uh, third, what is it, Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday uh, NHL Stanley Cup playoff card. Great stuff. Uh, Luke, uh, just before we wrap up, we'll go to we'll do best bets. So make sure you have a best bet ready uh, before we uh, wrap things up. But uh, Luke, uh, great stuff and uh, did a great job. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Uh, honestly, that was uh, with my knowledge of betting, um, uh, pretty uh, pretty excited how it went, and uh, I learned more and more today, pretty much in my uh, ten years playing hockey uh, from the, those lunatics in the back losing thousands of dollars. So. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah exactly so now, no, thank you for having me that was awesome um so much fun so whenever you need a guest i'm always there if, uh, if you want me back all right good stuff there we go all right before we get to uh best bets uh to wrap things up DraftKings sportsbook official sports betting partner of the nhl uh new customers can bet just one dollar on any nhl team get 150 dollars in free bets uh if they win if DraftKings sportsbook isn't available in your state or province it is coming to ontario very soon uh, new customers can bet just uh, uh, one dollar on any NHL team. Get hundred fifty dollars in free bets if it isn't available in your 
uh, state or province yet. You can still play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team. Get $150 in free bets if they win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 years of age or older. Must reside in a DraftKings Sportsbook state. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN. All right. Best bets to wrap it up for this Wednesday edition of the show. Andrew, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? I've been rocking with props for my best bets uh, a lot. I'm going to roll with that again here. And uh, you talked about him, Ian. You talked about, you know, the injuries and being 100%. But I got Leon Dreisaitl at plus 140 to score a goal tonight. And uh, I feel like that's value. Um, as much as I think depth's important, secondary scoring is important, uh, the big guys having a good start to the series for Edmonton is also very important. So give me Leon at plus 140 to uh, find the back of the net tonight. All right, Leon Dreisaitl, plus 140, a goal scorer prop for the Edmonton Oilers to power through despite the uh, ankle sprain tonight. Leon to find the back of the net for Andrew with his uh, best bet. Uh, Jimmy, uh, what do you like for best bet? Yeah, I'm going to stick with that Oilers in regulation to take game one there and set the tone. All right, Edmonton Oilers, plus 210 in regulation for Jimmy with his best bet. And Luke, first time on the Ice Guys show, your first best bet. What do you like? We don't know if he likes anything. His audio's sorry, sorry. Oh yeah, so, I'm, I'm gonna back. stick with uh, I'm gonna stick with my Elias uh, 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 Lidholm over uh, 0.5 goals today at plus 165. Um, I think, uh, like you said, I think it's the best uh, moment for him to shine. Especially, there's gonna be a lot of goals I think on Mike Smith today. So uh, Lidholm's definitely gonna pot one either on the power play or uh, five on five. All right, there we go. So uh, Luke going with Elias Lindholm, anytime goal scorer, plus 165 for the Calgary Flames tonight uh, for his uh, best bet on this Wednesday uh, NHL card. Uh, my best bet is going to be, I'm going to go with Rangers Hurricanes over five and a half, minus one. I'm going to take advantage of these uh, great numbers here you're getting. I mean, Shesterkin, Shesterkin could always shut the door and here we are, maybe three nothing or, or it's a tight three one type of game. He's capable of being that goalie, but and he was better in game six and seven. But look, Carolina's got that four-line wave attack. It's going to be tricky. Uh, and the Rangers, I think, are going to throw a little bit more offensively that could threaten Carolina compared to Boston. You know, they just can't. Boston relied a lot on Marshawn, Bergeron, Pasternak. Uh, Coyle and Hall were hit or miss. One game they were great. One game they weren't. Howell only had one goal uh, in that series for Boston. I think the Rangers can do a little bit more, especially if they get something from the Lafreniere line. And I like Lafreniere's game uh, in the first round. So I think you can get goals both ways and enough, certainly, to go over a modest total like this. So New York, Carolina, over five and a half, minus 120 for my best bet for this uh, Wednesday NHL card. That'll wrap it up for this edition of the Ice Guys. Great show. We thank everyone for joining us. Hit the like button uh, on the way out. And a reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Andrew McGinnis, Jimmy Murphy, our special guest, Luke Olivier Blanc, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great uh, Wednesday night. Enjoy the games tonight. We will be back tomorrow on Thursday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.